I just sit with one thing and that is if what you believe in and what you follow and, and what guides you makes you a kinder, better person and it allows you to put out positivity into the world, fuck man, do it, do it, absolutely do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 23-year-old David Teskew. David's story is remarkable, and I will guarantee you, or almost guarantee you, that you've never heard anything like it, because I sure as heck have not. David's story is insane (laughs) i have to reiterate that because he is a man who dropped out of high school in grade eight he has also become a business owner at age 19 and he is now only 23 years old and is running a successful business and has had so many experiences over his life and has also shown that life isn't always easy and that it takes struggles to get to where you want to go and he's had to encounter those struggles He even deems that he grew up with a childhood that most would dream of and it turned sideways at one point, but he definitely proves that your struggles don't define who you are, your past doesn't define who you are, and you can always, always come out of those ruts and come out on top no matter what. And sometimes you just have to take a risk on yourself. Seriously though, thank you so much for reaching out for actually coming on the podcast for making for for taking time out of your day to come on the podcast it's always exciting and every single story always seems to definitely help people in all different ways and it's it's amazing and anytime anyone comes on I seriously am like forever grateful I think we had this conversation last week when we talked but it it does make a big difference and it it honestly helps so many people and it helps people that I don't even know are getting helped and that you don't even know are getting helped. It helps so many people that are basically kind of in the shadows and people that aren't ready to speak up and aren't ready to share their stories. But that's what these stories are for. That's to help those people actually gain a voice, gain some, some confidence and learn to kind of embrace their vulnerability and embrace those struggles and actually speak up and gain some courage and share who they truly are, which is amazing. And having you here today is definitely going to help do that for a lot of people. So thank you so much. Oh man, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just as excited as you are for this one. It's uh, been looking forward to it all week. So mm-hmm. no, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so like for myself, I guess one of the biggest reasons why I always love having new people on is because it actually, I do sound, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but it really does allow me to get very introspective within my own life and within my own Mm -hmm. struggles and basically just look at my past and look at the things that I've gone through. And actually when we spoke, you, you talked about what Chelsea's podcast did for you and how it made you look at um, kind of something that was going on in your life at that very moment and kind of look at the big picture of everything. And that's what it does for myself, hearing other people's stories, hearing what other people have encountered 
and even more so seeing what they've overcome to get to where they are now is amazing. And for me, that's why I love doing this so much. And what, like, that's what benefits me the most is hearing, hearing these stories and hearing these successors and allowing me to look at some of those bad portions of my life and acknowledge that, Hey, they aren't that bad, or it could be a lot worse, which allows me to pick myself up. And that was something that I definitely took from you when we spoke last. But for me, I, I would love just to hear where it all kind of began for you and why, what drove you to obviously feel like, feel that you needed to come on the podcast essentially. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, it's, I, from a young age, I've always been absolutely fascinated with meeting people. I wanted to meet as many people as I, I could, uh, have as many friends as I could. I, I, I love people so, so much. So any opportunity to, uh, to come on, talk, share my story, um, you know, get to know other people as well is, is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, something I just hope to continue doing for the rest of my life, which is just, like I said, meeting as many people as I can and, and uh, learning as much from other people as I can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I really, uh, I really appreciate you having me on and the, um, yeah, perspective, perspective, I think is a magical thing. You talked about how um, we were discussing that I listened to another podcast uh, from you and, and, and it helped me with my day. And it's so true. I mean, it's, it's a magical thing to be able to be going through something super, super shitty and be able to look back and realize, okay, well, what's happening right now is not that bad. It could be so, so much worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think it's a, I think it's a really learned behavior, um, whether you're born with it with DNA or whether you practice it uh, over and over. I think it's uh, super, super fascinating. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) And I know even, like, it's funny that you say that because for myself, I always looked at all my struggles and although they were bad, I don't think I ever looked at it from a different light where it could be so much worse. And that's even, I think I actually spoke about it on one of my recent podcasts as well, just with like within the mindset, within one of the mindset Mondays. And that was kind of one of the things. And I actually took it from you, which was like, it could be so much worse. It, it's and it's so true there's people that have it so much worse than a lot of us but we we never like to look at that we always like to look at it and kind of see that our life is coming to an end and the world is basically falling underneath our feet when in reality like we have it very very well as opposed to a lot of others out there um no no doubt man and that's the thing i guess um gratitude can be anything i mean we discussed this as well it's it can be being grateful for what you have and, and the things around you and the, the things that are going well. Um, unfortunately, it just doesn't work for everyone. For me personally, I, I don't really resonate with that type of practice of gratitude personally. It just, it's not that I don't believe in it. I think it's amazing. It just, it doesn't work for me in a moment where everything feels like it's falling apart and everything's going shitty. I need, I need to put myself literally in a mindset where I think like, you know, somebody close to me is dying or, you know, my parents disappear or like something really bad happens that makes whatever's happening in the moment seem completely irrelevant. 
and really practicing that it could be worse and somebody always has it worse there's that other thing it's like you know there's seven billion people on the planet just the fact that we live where we live uh we're in the upper like 10 15 percent of the population of the planet mm-hmm. um so what do i have to complain about right now that doesn't mean like you should that your issues don't matter or anything like that but it is grounding to put yourself in a perspective where they could always be worse right 100 i love that i absolutely i absolutely love that um so I guess it's probably a good time to jump actually into your story and talk yeah. about obviously some of the things that you've gone through and for you, they did start at a younger age, but I'm, I kind of just want to give you the platform because I, I obviously don't want to say too much or start to project um, your story. I'd much rather just kind of give you the platform to actually share that and then Obviously, I know that I'll end up jumping in at some point, but platform's yours. Oh, please, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so like like we talked about as well. I mean, for me, I love your I love your brand and, and how struggle creates strength. However, I'll be perfectly honest, for a good chunk of my life, um, I didn't have a lot of struggle. And I don't want to fabricate struggle just for the purpose of my podcast. I mean, I was born into... Um, Romanian parents, immigrants. I was born in Romania. So in in Europe, we immigrated when I was one. Um, I really came up and hearing now talking to my parents more, I I, I learned about the struggles that they went through. And one thing I I heard growing up, uh, just through a quote that was so interesting is, we grow up thinking that our parents will never understand our struggles. But the truth is, they worked so hard so that we could never feel theirs. And I really resonate with that because for me and my situation, um, we came with like barely anything. Uh, Immigrant parents with degrees and jobs that were not recognized. My parents had to start from scratch, from shit and like work their way up in a completely new place at, uh, you know, 31, 32 years old. So for me, as far as I can remember, when you're that young, you don't think about like living in you know one bedroom apartments and stuff like that it doesn't really resonate with you so for me I had all I wanted I had parents that uh that loved me and and supported me uh growing up and and as far as I can remember no matter what happened my parents always made sure that uh that I never felt the struggles and I'm so so grateful for uh for that upbringing and 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 for how I was parented I I really cannot thank them enough and and I appreciate them both so so much um my parents actually divorced when I was four. So they split and, uh, you know, back and forth how it is at that age with, uh, with parents, you're sometimes with your mom, sometimes with your dad. And then, um, my mom ended up moving, moving me out to out West here to, uh, uh, to Western Canada. And so that's pretty much where I've been, uh, ever since my mom remarried then. And I think I was about six when she remarried and I got to see my dad about uh, you know, once or twice a year, whenever it was, uh, which, you know, is, is hard, but I'm, I'm still grateful that at the, at the very least I get to see him. Um, and we talk on a frequent, we, we spoke on a frequent basis as well, but yeah, like I said, they really did their best not to, uh, allow me to feel that struggle. And it wasn't until, I mean, I remember myself growing up, like pumped with confidence, um, but really raised on the pillars of, your word is your bond and, you know, respect others, like treat people with kindness and respect um, and, and just don't bullshit. 
Um, so those are the pillars that I was really raised on and, and, and what I am so grateful that I was gifted uh, from my parents for because they nurtured those, uh, those aspects of, of emotional intelligence, which I really want to get into later, obviously, as, <laughs> as you know, with, uh, with, with schooling and everything. We, they nurtured the emotional intelligence side that, that takes years to develop. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. The, the other thing for me is like, after we, like a few years go by and everything like that, you, you seem to think things are normal. So for me, the struggles were not, the struggles were not really there at all. Like I said, I always had more or less as, as much as I could, as much as, as much as I, I knew, like, you know, you grow up, grow up with parents that provide you that. I played lots of sports growing up. So my struggles in early on actually came through sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, whether it's being on teams, I actually, I'd look back now and I'm like, I think it was up until the age of 14, I pretty sure I cried anytime I lost any type of sport or video game or anything. Like I'm talking cried, cried, not like teared up. <laughs> so like for me, um, yeah, I, th- I think it wasn't, if, if I don't, if I remember correctly, it was up until the, about the age of 14 that I did like just cried for everything, absolutely everything if I lost. I remember specifically in like soccer games, you'd come back after a four nothing loss and people would be like in the dressing room with you like, ah, oh, whatever. And I'm sitting there just bawling <laughs> like, oh my gosh, the world is, the world is over. It, uh, it all ended, but it's cool to kind of look back and see what your perspective of, um, the end of the world was then versus when you, when you start to kind of like grow up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then for me, like school was always, school was always fairly easy for me growing up. Um, I really got, I mean, I was gifted with a really good memory uh, as far as I look at it. Um, And, and I was just able to test really well. And that's what they reward you in with school is they, if you can test well, uh, you can move forward and you can do really well. So for me, I was on track to do probably fairly well in school, but uh, I kept hearing every year, grade seven or grade six, grade seven, grade eight, like it's going to get, it's going to get harder. It's going to get harder. It's going to get harder. And it, it just kind of like never did. And that's where I kind of faced my first um, struggle, I guess, was the decision of, do I want to stick this out all the way? Um, or do I think that I can, get further and learn more uh, on my own. And I went with the difficult choice and I'm, I'm grateful that my, um, that my mom supported me uh, and my dad supported me now as well uh, with that decision, but it was definitely a tough one uh, back in the moment to drop out of high school at uh, 14. So right after grade eight, I dropped out of high school and I really just told myself, you know, I struggle with that decision so much and I'll get into that in a bit, but I just basically told myself that I've got four years here where I would have been in grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, and grade 12. If I wake up in four years and I realize, shit, I should have stayed in high school. I did not get as far as I thought. I did not learn as much as I could. I did not develop as much as I thought I would more than I would have in high school. Then I'll drop everything and write the GED or the tests or whatever it takes to get your, uh, to get your diploma. And I'll, I'll call it, but I at least wanted to bet on myself for those four years and, and see what I could see what I could accomplish and what I could do. And that originally started with trying to, um, to get like 
to get through it a lot quicker. So trying to complete high school quicker online until I just did just stopped resonating with the information that was being taught. And I taught, thought to myself, basically, there's a multitude of online courses available that I can go through. So I want to give those a try. And that's those years were really, really hard because I had so many moments like you're, you're watching, you're watching your friends and people you grew up with go through those times and, you know, grade nine, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12, you're watching them go through all that. And you get to a point where you're just asking yourself, like, did I make the right call? And I, I asked myself that so, so many times, but that kind of just stopped at one point when, um, when I turned just before I turned 16, my mom went through uh, her second divorce and um, that was just a tough time because for me, it was first time where I was like, okay, I have to actually take some responsibility. And that whole life of everything was always there for me and, and no real struggles apart from, you know, competition and sport and stuff like that. The real world caught up really quick. Life caught up really, really quick. So for a kid that's about to turn 15 or sorry, about to turn 16, um, to now start having to get a full-time job and still try and, you know, learn and, and, and get education on the side as much as I can, um, to start paying for, you know, rent, gas, food, like I'm talking real necessities. I, I barely bought anything like, uh, that was materialistic or anything like that through those entire years, because every dollar, every paycheck was going to necessities, things that you actually needed to keep the lights on, keep the food on the table and uh, keep a roof over your head. We moved around so much, man. Like we were in, we were in so many different places. I, I think I moved around like seven or eight times um, between the age of like 16 to uh, 16 to 18, which is insane for two years, just moving from place to place to place. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a lot. I mean, to pack up everything and to move every time, but I'm grateful for it in the end because I, I was able to like, you know, learn the value of, of downsizing and, and the value of not holding on to materialistic things so much. Obviously, some things have sentimental value, but um, being able to really uh, be one with yourself and, and, and learn that what you have that's most valuable is yourself um, and obviously the, the people and, and the good people around you. So, yeah, and just learning a lot of being there for my mom, being able to like support her through difficult times as well. And um, there were a lot of a lot of difficult talks, a lot of difficult moments and all that. And my only escape was really to um, to hang out and party with my friends uh, on the weekends and when I wasn't working. So for me or sometimes when I was working the next day, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I got into some I got into some trouble when I was um, when I was sick, like just about to turn 17. Um, two specific things happened that you know, looking back, I got really lucky and scot-free. I mean, the first one was um, just in a, in a car with a, a group of friends. Um, the driver had his N, got pulled over at like two in the morning. Um, all the, the weed and shrooms and everything were in my bag. And the cop asked to search everything, found all the stuff. Um, you know, we're talking, you know, you're under arrest, handcuffed to the police car kind of stuff before they, you know, looking back they played around with us they, they told me to do push-ups for my freedom and like little things <laughs> like that but um they were having their fun and then they they scared us and said look your name is your name's a red flag like don't don't fuck around and get into any more trouble pretty much mm -hmm. um but i got super super lucky that night unfortunately 
I didn't see it as a wake up call at that point. I still just went on doing the same shit. And, um, you know, group of guys I was with and friends I was with were starting to shoplift little things like, you know, packs of gum, um, little things like that. And before you know it, like you start to do it as well and you get caught up in that behavior. And I remember, uh, I remember getting, uh, going to Walmart to, to grab a few things, uh, for a party we were going to throw. And, you know, we shoplifted a few things that we, you know, for whatever reason, we bought some stuff because we thought we were smart and it was like, okay, we're not going to get caught because we're actually going through the till. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we walked through the second set of revolving doors and I can still hear those, those words in my head, which is, uh, excuse me, sir, you're under arrest for shoplifting. And then getting dragged to the very back of the store by a secret shopper who was walking through the aisles and, and, uh, and caught everything, saw it all. And then having the police officer be called in and him saying he's not going to press charges because I didn't run away. And again, like getting really lucky, like no charges pressed there, no charges pressed in the previous one. And I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a reason I'm getting this lucky. This is not the path to continue on. And it's not time to test fate anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's where I really just kind of like made a calling to myself. And I, I give a lot of credit to, uh, to that police officer that, uh, came and talked to me at Walmart too, because when she found out like my situation, and everything, she found out how old I was and, you know, asked if I've got a job or if I'm in school. And I said, no, I don't go to school. Like I, I've, I've got a full-time job and I'm helping you know, support my mom with payment. She's like, she's like, I know that what happened might've been shitty that, you know, you're not in school anymore. You don't get to, um, you know, party and have a roof over your head provided by parents and everything. And you have to, to work for, you know, necessities now. She said, that's, that's all shitty. And, and I'm sorry that happened, but it's your reality. And you got to basically man up and become the man of the house now and really look after your mom and look after yourself and stop doing stupid shit like this because mm-hmm. you won't be so lucky the next time. Mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart at that point. And that was where I kind of just made a vow to myself that whatever I do from here on out, it's going to have to be um, a positive influence on my life and, and, some sort of positive de- development. So, you know, from there I went and um, I got my, I went to holistic nutrition school to help with my job at, um, it was nature's fair at the time. Uh, and I, uh, I was running into a hiccup there with didn't, not having a high school diploma, but managed to uh, managed to, to talk to the, to the school and, and get them to admit me as uh, the youngest adult student in in Canada to, to be admitted into the school because adult students needed to be 19. That was only 17. Um, so it worked out. I, um, I got a lot out of that program and completing that program and, and, and learned a lot. But from there, I really just wanted to scratch that itch because from a young age, I was always very um, entrepreneurial oriented. So for me, it was, you know, I started my first business right after I dropped out of high school, which was uh, training dogs. And uh, I trained my own dogs and I thought I could uh, try my luck at training others, learned a lot about like marketing and, and, and different strategies to that and, and, and how to really like get in front of the eyes of people and, and, and create a business and create a name for yourself and, and network at, with, you know, pet stores at the dog park, whatever it may be. So yeah, just built from there. And, um, after, after nutrition school, I started, a I, I started researching a lot of uh, information on financial literacy, stuff that, stuff that I didn't learn in school, stuff that I wasn't going to learn in school. Um, so, you know, the difference between 
uh, buying assets versus liabilities, things that make you money versus lose you money, uh, tracking your expenses and trying not to spend as much as you make. Um, and just basic things that you look at now and you think, yeah, this should be something that should just be common knowledge, but it isn't. Uh, learning how credit cards work and how compound interest works um, and how it can be used as a tool or a weapon of destruction, of personal destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just really got into got got engulfed in in that knowledge and when i when i research a topic i don't just research it i i find myself getting lost and obsessed in it um i i have to learn everything there is to know about it and i will spend hours sometimes i will barely sleep because i'm so focused on on what i'm what i'm trying to learn and trying to get squeeze as much of the information as i can out of it so um from there i mean i started started a few business while holding businesses while holding a full-time job. I started a, a business uh, trying to wholesale real estate, which is virtually just, um, you know, piecing together an investment deal and then selling that investment to other investors that have the money to actually fund it. So you do the legwork and they, they buy it for a few thousand dollars. So I, I met a business partner at a conference in Calgary and we started to get that going. And, and that was a little side hustle I had. In addition, uh, with a friend of mine, we also started a, a cleaning company locally. So, a commercial cleaning company. We would do lots of um, uh, lots of commercial. We had lots of commercial projects locally, and we would clean like the the movie theaters, the big grocery stores, like your Save On Foods and your um, your Safeways and stuff like that. I actually remember there was this is a lot looking back now that was happening all at once, and I remember some of the days when it would all catch up to you. And um, I remember specifically there was. Uh, at least one one day or two days a month um, for about a three month period where I had to open the store at Nature's Fair, which is a 5 a.m. to 1.30 shift. My entire afternoon would be uh, engulfed with, you know, phone calls and, and, and trying to piece together deals, talking to sellers, talking to my business partner, put together an investment deal and then piecing the package together uh, with just breaks to eat basically in between. And then at 10 o'clock or at eight o'clock, I'd get a call that one of our employees isn't going to make it to the cleaning business. So I got to go sub in and, you know, go to save on foods at 10 o'clock, uh, do all the cleaning there till midnight after midnight, rip over to the downtown Safeway and, or sorry, the, um, the other Safeway, if people are familiar with Vernon, um, anyways, rip over to Safeway and, um, and clean that one. And that was a way bigger job because it's a huge store. So that one would take me until 3.34 in the morning. And then I go home and have a 30-minute power nap and wake up to go to work at 4.45 uh, the, next, the next day, basically, in the morning and, and be there for five in the morning. So I don't suggest it. I mean, it was like in hindsight, it's, it's crazy. It's not sustainable. But mm-hmm. sometimes if you want to achieve things and you want to certain things to be successful and you make them work, you have to make certain sacrifices here and there. No, it's not sustainable long-term. And I would spend the, the next day with a you know 10 hour sleep or whatever to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the sacrifices and the decisions you have to make in the moment. So, you know, after some time, both those businesses folded and um, I got to a point where I was, uh, I was basically looking for an opportunity to either get into real estate or get into a brick and mortar business. And, uh, you know, the opportunity arose to, uh, to purchase this restaurant and it seemed like an amazing opportunity to, uh, to provide something for my mom that she could work on as well, but also something for myself to, to really test out my marketing chops and, and my businessman chops that 
I, I wanted to develop. So it seemed like a really perfect opportunity. However, I didn't have over a hundred grand to spew into it. So for me, it was a matter of, okay, well, let me piece it together. I, you know, I may be able to raise funding, find an investor, get a loan, whatever it is. Fortunately, I didn't know at the time they don't loan on restaurants or it's very, very hard to get restaurant loans. So I needed private money, but it wasn't going to stop me from at least going through the motions and, you know, finding out if I could make this business profitable and, and, uh, and go through those steps. So for me, it was a matter of just proving to myself I could do it. And I made that decision in January, 2017. And on August, 2017, I got the keys. Um, I was able to, uh, to source some investors that I had also met uh, through conventions and conferences in Calgary or Toronto. And I was able to source all the funding and, and get myself some really, uh, really smart, intelligent business partners and, and mentors out of the deal as well, which I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. And the, the learnings and, and the, the shit has started since then, basically. <laughs> I mean, uh, running any business, let alone a restaurant, is, is full of, full of struggles and, and learnings. But I've, I've just I've fallen in love with the, uh, with the stress and the chaos and the and, you know, I, I say, I always say I'm, my profession is more like a firefighter than it is like a businessman. I just fight medical, metaphorical fires all day. And in fact, I had today, like one of the most stressful days I've had all year. Um, but I still just, you know, you plow through, you ground yourself in perspective. Like we talked about at the beginning, that could always be worse. And you realize that if it's not going to, one thing that uh, my, my old business partner told me with the real estate business, he said, uh, it, it stuck with me. He said, if it's not going to bother you in five years, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart. So I give myself, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it takes to like freak out if I need to and panic and get stressed. And then it just goes into problem solving mode. And if it's going to bother me in five years, then, you know, I'll spend a little bit more time on the issue. But if it's not, then, you know, you figure out how to get through it and you move right on Um, because there's no use. You're going to waste more time thinking about it and stressing yourself over it than you are to just pack up, wrap it up and move on. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are, yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's been a wild ride. I mean, I bought the business when I was 19. I'm 23 now, so I'm, I'm coming up on four years. It's been a wild ride of, um, you know, increasing revenue by double and then also expenses go up with that. And then, you know, coming into a moment where you feel like you're, you're bleeding profit for whatever reason and moving or moving things around on the expenses, having to have serious talks with employees. I mean, I look at, I look at what I do. I'm more like a counselor to people, to my employees than I am a businessman. I mean, the amount of deep conversations you have with people to find out, you know, what's important to you? How can I help you with that? I don't like, they don't work for me. I work for them. I want to make sure that they have all the tools that they can to succeed because without them, the business doesn't run. Um, so I do spend a lot of time, uh, a lot of time on like personal development and, and, and mental health, not just for myself, but for the people around me as well, because it's, it's one of the most important, um, one of the most important tools I have is, is the people around me. Mm-hmm. 100%. No, <laughs> Yeah, you got an, you got quite the story. I will not lie, and I know that it's gonna come as a shock to so many people. I, but in in the best ways, which is amazing, and it it truly proves that like your past and 
just, yeah, like you can, you can accomplish anything that you want. It's, and everything that I took from your story is it's just a matter of hard work and actually sacrificing time and being able, like being willing to put in the time and actually like, cause there's so many people nowadays that just waste away their days. And there's, there's basically a lot of people say like, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to start a business. I don't have time to pursue this passion, which is so false because for 90% of people right now, their time is so consumed with watching Netflix or scrolling social media or just doing meaningless things. Um, and I yeah, think- and that's, no, you make a good point. Cause I mean, that's sorry to cut you off. I mean, no. you've done so well. I actually applaud you so much for like, I think we said this, I was like, I literally went on like a 25 minute rant and you didn't <laughs> say a peep. <laughs> I'm like, I would at least have said an, okay, yeah, that's awesome <laughs> in there or something like that, man. You're an amazing listener. Um, but yeah, basically, like, I agree with you. If if you audit your time and you said, I mean, even now, like I'm doing tons of things that are not considered productive per se, um, but you just got to ask yourself, like, are you happy? Because if you're not happy and you're complaining, then yeah, audit your time and figure out where you can fix that. Because like, yeah, let's say you want to get a healthy sleep pattern. That's eight hours in a day. Well, you've got another 16 hours of the day. What the hell are you doing in those 16 hours? And let's say you're a slow eater too. So it's taking you, I don't know, two hours to eat three meals in that time too. Well, you've got another 14 hours. What are you doing in the, in that time? Mm-hmm. Eight hours of those are working one job. Okay. What are you doing in the other six hours that you've got? So there's like, it just comes down to just auditing your time and, and prioritizing what's important to you. I mean, like I said, I do tons of things that are not productive. Now I could go to the gym or something like that, but at the end of the day, I feel like doing this and I'm not complaining about the fact that, you know, I'm not 170 pounds and and (laughs) jacked. I feel healthy. I feel good. When I feel like going to the gym, I'll go to the gym, but it's just about finding out what are you complaining about? What do you want to fix? And then auditing the time on, on, on how you can, how you can really fit that in. And then figuring out that it doesn't have to be like boiling. The ocean is the saying you can't boil the ocean. Um, you know, but you can take out a cup of water at a time. So you, you make like small incremental changes and small incremental steps. And, and those have compounding effects in, in the long term. Um, it, it could be like 30 minutes a day and you'd be amazed at, you know, what you can accomplish towards, uh, towards a goal just from 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, that's, that's really it is just auditing, auditing your time. hundred, Yeah, 100%. I've, I've taken that into my everyday life what 100% like that's how I've done it. And actually one of the biggest things that I acknowledge is what works for somebody else may not work for you. And what works for me might not work for you. And just with everyone, like you can't, you can't, there's so many people that basically say, if you take one second to relax, then you're not going to be successful. You need to eat, sleep and breathe exactly what you want. And I'm not against that, but at the same time, it's like you said, you have to acknowledge what works for you. And if you're happy, because for me, like I will, I will find myself doing stuff for hours on end. And then at the end of the day, I'll be like, okay, yeah, like I should keep doing this. But the second that I realized that it's like almost an overwhelming factor where I feel like I'm running myself into the ground. 
then I basically want to stop myself because then it makes me look forward to doing that tomorrow. And then I come into it with the exact same energy and I'm ready to do everything. And maybe I even think about what I'm going to do. And it turns out to be better than what I would have done it while I'm tired and beaten down and just wanting to get it done. So for me, it's like really maximizing the time that I am spending on the stuff and also acknowledging like how I feel and how my health feels. And for me, I've always struggled with sleep. Like sleep is, I still struggle with sleep. Like I'm the first one to admit that. I think it's a tough juggling, one. Yeah. yeah. Juggling my time is not always the best. And sometimes, like I said, like you can get overexcited and you can work into later hours or sometimes you have to make those sacrifices and that's just a part of it. And so for me, when I'm getting into these times, I do notice when I don't take my sleep as serious or I don't get as many hours as I would like to. And I actually have come so into tune with myself that I like really, really notice when I'm not having enough sleep. And I notice basically what my everyday performance is when I don't have enough sleep. And I notice the same thing with my eating patterns and with my activity patterns, like all of that stuff, I think for any person in life is, is so important. And like you said, if you just like 30 minutes a day makes the biggest difference. And sometimes like even more so 30 minutes a day, spending it on yourself and like actually coming into tune with how you feel and what, like how you feel in certain situations, especially, and just really asking yourself so many questions throughout the day, I think is, it's so important. And there's so many people that like, I was a big culprit of this, but walk through life and never ask themselves, like, how am I doing? How does this make me feel? How, like, am I happy doing this? Or is this just, am I going to be happy once, like, way down the road? But it's like, am I actually going to, am I going to make it way down the road? Like, I don't know. So it's like so many people I, I feel truly do need to actually just start to really appreciate themselves and start to ask themselves a lot more questions. And I feel like that's something that you kind of are speaking on a lot and preaching about is really finding out like what drives you and are you making the most out of your time or are you kind of just sitting back and let life take its course and just letting everything happen in front of you while you sit there and don't really take a step. And for me anyways, the biggest or like one of the coolest things to hear you say was like the reasoning as to why you dropped out. Cause I think if you were to speak to anybody and say, yeah, like you dropped out of high school immediately, they're thinking, Oh, his grades were terrible. Oh, he must've gotten into so much trouble. He must've done this or that. When in reality it was because you, you were so much smarter than the, like the rat, like, Basically the rest well, I'll, of the I'll, I'll say, I'll say this, like, I'll throw this, I'll throw this curveball Cause for me, like, I feel like I never, I never saw it necessarily as I was smarter. Um, while it might look like that, it's like, I just like my brain just worked differently. Like I said, I was able to like, it, I, I just, I'll call it luck is what it is. Luck of DNA that my brain worked in a way where I didn't have to study for hours and hours and hours to ace tests. I could just open the textbook 30 minutes before and remember what I read. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it wasn't, and that's the thing. And 
I guess, I guess that's where it became so difficult because I, I actually early in my early in like elementary school, I struggled more because it was like, why can't, you know, at that age, you're, you're not aware of the fact that everyone learns differently and, and people have different brains. So for me, it was like, why is this so hard for them to comprehend? Like it, it, it should be easy. It like, mm-hmm. I can, I can tell you the answer right now. Why can't everybody be like that? Um, and it was almost like a, a frustration um, before, like I said, I got to a maturity where I was like, look, people learn differently. And, and, and I'm extremely lucky for, uh, you know, for the memory that I was gifted because that's really what it is. And, and, and that's a, that just gets into a, a rooted issue that I have with, with education right now with, with school and that not education, education is a totally different topic. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is. I, it's an issue I have with the schooling system whether it's elementary school or high school or university, our schooling system rewards memorization. And memorization is not retention and education. And that was that is the biggest issue that I've had. And this is coming from somebody who could have benefited extremely from this. Like I literally could have gone through school and done very well and been able to easily get through courses and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not how I wanted to learn. I can utilize those talents in, in other ways. The issue I have with the schooling system is it is deeply rooted in old school mechanics and thinking that creates like a lack, as much as they talk about critical thinking, the, the root of school creates a lack of critical thinking. It does not allow you to think outside the box. It puts you in a box that is similar to everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. And we to learn that, we just need to look back at the history of who created the school system. The school system was created by the Rockefellers that wanted to create workers for their giant corporations during the industrial era. That is where the current system of schooling that we have is derived from. It is derived to create workers. Now, I'm not saying workers are not important. Workers are incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that the, the indoctr- indoctrination of, of putting everyone in that box is what's creating a lot of mental health issues and, and, and unhappiness because people are not allowed, kids are not allowed from a young age to, um, to pursue their, their, their passions and their talent. They're told that that's not realistic, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas I come from a household, again, very grateful for my, my parenting, but I come from a household where I was told I could do anything. I mean, I remember walking through the halls of grade eight in, in eighth grade. And when you start to finally mature a little bit and you look around and you realize like, you know, what everyone looks like and how everyone is around you. And I'm walking by and my mom had me so brainwashed that I'm walking around. And I'm thinking, wait a second, I'm not the most handsome, best looking, strongest, most athletic person in here. Like looking around and finally being able to like have the self-awareness to see that. Because like I said, I was so indoctrinated by my mom and brainwashed that I was the best. I was the most amazing. She instilled so much self-esteem in that and I'm grateful for it. But my point is, is I grew up in a household where I was told like, you can do, well, you can do anything you want with practicality. I, I always heard you can do, you can't be anything you want, but you can be more of what you already are. And it's a great, it's a great saying because it really goes to following your passions and what you're naturally good at. And you'll be able to be whatever you want from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, when it comes to the schooling system, I would love to see more focus on emotional intelligence, creating those pillars of self-esteem, confidence, respect, 
respect, kindness of others, like trying to teach those lessons that we are all learning now in a world where we're realizing mental health is so important, we're teaching ourselves that. Wouldn't it be amazing if we grew up with those mantras? Mm. Wouldn't it be amazing that even if a kid grew up in a really shitty household and environment, or they didn't have proper parental figures around, wouldn't it be amazing if they could go to school and they could learn all those things that they lacked from their parents? Wouldn't it be incredible to have emotional intelligence actually put on a pedestal as opposed to IQ mm -hmm. and just intellect in general? Because we are moving into a society that is information is more and more commoditized every day. I mean, we are walking around with these cell phones that have the computing power so great compared to even 20, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, it's more powerful than what put man on the moon. I mean, if you believe man went to the moon, I'm not going to get into that. But um, the point is, is with information being so commoditized, I can get the answer. We had teachers that said, you're not going to walk around with a calculator at all times. Well, we are. So here we are. We're walking around with a calculator, but we're not just walking around with that. We're walking around with textbooks. We're walking around with a device that can give us information at any point. And do we think we're going to go backwards? No, we're not. We're going to go further. We're going to go to a point where you know, maybe we have Alexa or Google on us at times, and they're going to answer questions on the fly. Mm -hmm. And information that you learn in schools and textbooks and by memorization is going to be more and more commoditized. It's not going to be necessary anymore. Why would I need to be able to memorize and regurgitate on a test when I have this information available to me at all times? And don't even ask somebody who memorized something for a test to now recite that two years later because they won't be able to. It's not practical. It's not at all. So for me, the way I look at intelligence needs to be more, way more practical with, like I said, with emotional intelligence, because those are pillars that you're not going to be able to train. Those are pillars that if you ask anybody in a high-end corporation um, or a Fortune 500 company, any of the CEOs or managers, um, what they are hiring on, are they hiring on a piece of paper that says you can do the job? More and more of them are saying no. Companies like Amazon, Netflix, Apple are no longer requiring degrees because there's so many, even in technical aspects, like there's so many engineers and coders that are self-taught and high school dropouts, and they're running circles around the ones with master's degrees. Mm -hmm. Because again, the information is available to everyone. What are they hiring on when you ask them though? Can they play well with others? Can they practice critical thinking? Are they kind? Do they have a positive impact? Do they uplift the people around them to become more productive? Are they able to think outside the box and actually come up with new ideas? Mm -hmm. So why are we still going into a school, a school system that was built for a hundred years ago? It's just not practical moving forward. And I'm not saying that there aren't good teachers. I had plenty of good teachers, tons. I can recite a bunch of them for you. But I also had teachers that just followed the cookie cutter model and it was not working for anybody. Mm -hmm. or, sorry, it was not working for everybody. So for me, I really look at it as if we can have more freedom for teachers to allow, allow them to to teach children critical thinking, teach them, let's even get into financial education. Like that's such an important aspect. I mean, how many, how many 19 year olds are getting a credit card for the first time and they have no idea the extent of what compound interest does. And that if you do not pay off your statement, if you're making minimum payments, you're digging yourself a deep hole. How many 
19-year-olds would rather have a line of credit if they want to hold a balance, but they don't know the difference. Like there's so many different aspects. And yeah, you can go out and learn that on your own. I'm, I won't be hypocritical here and say that, well, you know, that's information that you should be able to just go on your own if information is commoditized. Yeah, you totally can. But without those pillars of emotional intelligence that think outside the box and have people pursue what is important to them, they won't be willing to do that. They're looking... We are raising, the school system is raising zoo animals. We are putting, we are birthing animals and putting them in a zoo. And then when they hit adolescence and young adulthood, we throw them out into the jungle and we expect them to be able to survive when everything was cookie cutter and built for them. Mm-hmm. Now there's power to be gained in that adversity. I mean, you've got struggle creates strength on your podcast like that. It's true. But there's a certain amount of struggle that we're talking about here. Struggle and adversity will come no matter what you do throughout your life. It is, it is the epitome of what it is to be human and live a life. Mm-hmm. But let's talk, let's talk specifically about just simply not preparing our adolescents or our, our adolescents and our young adults for life, for what the world is out there. And that's the issue that, like I said, that was the main issue that I had with the school system and the, the one that's grown further and further and conversations that I've been able to have with, uh, with, with teachers and, and, and others in the school system um, about this and, and, and why it's not working and why the model will eventually need to be changed. But the model that took you know, decades to build and has been around for a century will, will take a long time to break down. So this is why it's super important to have programs like yours, podcasts, information available where we're and and actually challenge ourselves, whether you're, you know, 13, 14, 8, 6, 23, 32, mm-hmm. challenge yourself, listen to new podcasts, read new books, find more information, go down that path of personal development. It's never too late to do that. And you will be so grateful and thank yourself for it. I'm so fascinated by opportunity and and the hands that people are dealt if we're going in poker terms some people are dealt really really shitty hands when they're born they didn't ask for those hands they didn't do anything to earn that or to deserve that it's just the hand they were dealt they were dealt a lot of adversity early on I have the benefit like I said I didn't deal with a lot of that adversity early on I hit it eventually I may have had pocket aces and kings and you know, high cards throughout the early parts of my life. But then I got dealt my fair share of shit hands, you know, my seven, two, my nine, three, whatever the shitty poker hands are, but you got to learn how to play those. Mm-hmm. And it's un- the way I look at it is if somebody that looks like you has done it, then you can too. There's, there's no reason why if somebody else that looks remotely like you or let's even go further, somebody who has it worse than you, made it and created that personal development for themselves and and created that happiness for themselves, then there's no reason why you can't as well. But it's always been fascinating to me that, you know, some people are dealt good hands in the beginning and eventually it might crumble. Some people are dealt poor hands in the beginning and then it gets better. It, we can't control the cards that were dealt. We can't control what happens to us immediately or in the past but we can control what we're going to do with that information, what we are going to do 
with that. And I think that's the most important thing to take away is going into, and that's what was the shift for me. I mean, what was the problem? I was blaming everything, everyone else but myself when I got arrested those times. Where did the click happen? The click happened when I realized, holy shit, all this shit happening to me is my fault. It's my fault. I need to be accountable. Accountability is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. Sitting back and saying everything is your fault and defaulting into everything is your fault, good or bad, is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Because you go from, from blaming everything and finding an excuse to being able to say, okay, if it's my fault, then I can control what happens from here. I can control whether I do something with it, whether I decide I'm just going to pass it up and move on, or whether I'm going to feel shitty about it and feel sorry for myself and, and, and get all negative and let me drag it down or let it drag me down. So for, for that, it's so, so important to, to find yourself in accountability and, you know, default it, like meditating on it, whatever it takes to, to find yourself and default yourself into accountability as much as you can. Every time I find myself making excuses or blaming others, I like basically like internally slap myself across the face. And I'm like, no, no, not okay. Not okay. This is your life and you're 100% in charge. Mm -hmm. Fuck, you got me like motivated as like can be. And you, every single point that you just said is spot on, like dead on spot on so 100% true and one when you're talking about the school system which I agree with every single thing you said 100% because I've noticed myself the things that I lack are and the things that I wish I knew were never once taught to me in school at all everything in my life I would say has been such a trial and error and such a pickup of the people around me and the things that I've actually put, like the situations I've put myself in and to be able to grow and to be able to learn and to be able to actually have like very insightful conversations with people and things that actually change my life and asking questions. Nobody nowadays really does ask questions and they don't really necessarily even want to ask questions because they they don't have this mentality of learning and realizing like how beneficial it truly is and learning isn't meant like learning isn't meant to be the way that it is in school you don't have to be head in a book face down work until (laughs) you're you can't even see straight because you've been trying to memorize something so much learning can seriously be just watching somebody do something that interests you and and looking at things objectively too like like him or hate him robert kiyosaki said one thing that really stuck with me is that people are either a coin has three three sides he said and that confuses you at first right three sides what are you talking about it's got heads or tails and it's got the edge Mm -hmm. he says people usually sit on heads or tails of an argument or a topic the people that can critically think and observe are the ones that sit on the edge and can see both sides of information. I find myself like I challenge myself as much as I can at all times to actually bring in information from opposing arguments, things that I don't believe in, because you never know when that information is going to shift you a little bit, Mm -hmm. whether it's conspiracy theories or 
you know, science or religious beliefs, whatever it is, keeping your mind as open as possible to hearing all aspects instead of just saying, you know, no, I'm, you know, I don't want to hear that. And you brought up such an important point, which is just asking questions. Asking questions is, is huge. I mean, everyone, everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Everyone can do that. It's, it's so easy. And it's it, like you said, it's, it's one of the quickest and easiest ways to learn mm-hmm. because uh-huh. you can always learn whoever the person is. I don't care who the person is. You can learn from somebody's experiences. I don't care if it's a three-year-old kid or heck, you know, 93-year-old Norma that comes in and drinks a cup of coffee in the coffee shop. Like you can learn from everybody's experiences one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and that's super, super valuable. 100%. I, I totally, totally agree with that. And I even more so like for me, especially within past year to two years, like I've always been somebody that's very open to like everything. I've never been one to judge. Like I've always been, I've always been one that is very open to hearing both sides. And this year, especially I've kind of taken it one step further. And now it's like, I actually, like you said, I seek to hear the other side because for so long I've passed so much judgment on like the right and the wrong when in some cases or a lot of cases even right and wrong is just a form of opinion. So these people like, yeah, like I've had so many people (laughs) tell me like, Hey, this is, this is the right way to do it. Like you can't do it a different way. And then when I, that's subjective. Yeah, exactly. And then it's even, especially like, I don't know, this is something I'm just going to bring it up because I just posted a picture on it, but psychedelics. So I just posted a picture about psychedelics and for so long, I had this big negative perception about it because I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's drugs. Like that is so bad. That's so bad. Get away from that. But then as I've started actually learning and started having conversations with some people and some very, very smart people, like people that I have been blessed to have conversations with and hearing their side of it and hearing how it's bettered their mental health, hearing how it's actually changed their overall outcome of their life. It's like, why, why do we look at this thing as so bad? And it's, it's just a very clear indicator of, kind of how our society and how our generation even has been brought up into this whole entire basically reality of right and wrong and nobody's really too open with it and you see it especially within religions as well as everyone's like no this is right and this is how it has to be and if you don't believe in that or this isn't your religious belief then like we we can't be friends we can't we can't hang out we can't have conversations Whereas me, myself, I'm not somebody that is a religious person, but I'm very open to hearing about everyone's religion. So then I can like actually hear their knowledge and the things that they know. And then I can base all of my information off of those things. And then maybe like, even I sat down with somebody that was very Christian and I have never studied Christianity. I don't know basically the next thing to it, but I love hearing about it and I love learning about it because it's, it's something that I was, yeah. Like I was never, ever brought up in that lifestyle. Yeah. And so for me to sit there and learn about it and to hear somebody's passion towards it is very, like I gain a lot of knowledge from that. And I'm like, wow, like yeah. this is a very good conversation that we just had. And you know what? Like I might not be in church next week, but at least now I'm 
thinking about something different and something that's like I'm open to. And rather than hearing other people in the background go like, oh no, that's, that's so bogus. That's bizarre. I don't believe that. Yeah, and like close and closing off immediately. No, man, I, I get that. I get that so much. One of my best friends is, is a uh, very, very Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, comes from a Christian family, him himself. He's, um, you know, he's found his, his Christianity and, and he's gone full force into it. That doesn't affect our friendship and who we are. And I, I, I've had very, very insightful conversations with him, but I, I, I sit more where you are. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm, I, I can't say I'm religious. Um, I, I don't necessarily identify with anything for me. I just sit with one thing. And that is if what you believe in and what you follow and, and what guides you makes you a kinder, better person, and it allows you to put out positivity into the world. Mm. Fuck, man, do it. Do it. Absolutely do it. Do more of it. And I'm so on board with whatever it is, whether it's Jesus, God, Allah, whatever it is, if it allows you to put positivity out into the world and be kind, then you're, you're on the right track, no matter what it is. And it doesn't have to be one thing or another. Um, but no, I really, I really like that point of view to be able to, to, to sit down with others and, 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 and hear where they're coming from, no matter what it is. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I've always like, even for myself, like I've always kind of, I've turned for so long and for so much of my life, I kind of always turned off that factor of actually like taking my blinders off and looking around me and looking at all these people that are walking around me and this is something that I really started to form, uh, especially through building this podcast, like having conversations with new people, like multiple people every single week is incredible. And it changes my life in an entirety. Like when I have a conversation like this, I pick something up from it. I've learned so much from it. I learn about somebody else's life. And that's, what's so amazing to me is because when I go out in public, it's like now, not only, not only do I have this knowledge that somebody else has taught me, but I also have more confidence to actually go up and speak with somebody. And then when I have that conversation with somebody random on the side of the street, I can actually sit down and learn something from them. And yet I take everything from every single conversation I have. I always love to hear, like for me anyways, I now have transitioned my conversations into very deep and insightful conversations, no matter how long I've known you for, and no matter what age you are, no matter what it is. Like, I'm not going to walk up to you and say, hey, how are you? Because nine times out of 10, the person's probably going to say, yeah, I'm good. How are you? And that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't make me learn anything about them. So if you actually go up to them and you say, hey, what is your biggest passion in life? then you instantly learn something about them. And it's the same as how you talk about your employees. When you have conversations with your employees, you're actually learning stuff about them because you genuinely care and you genuinely want to learn something about them. So then you can benefit them in more ways. And so for me, when I go into my conversations on an everyday basis, and then within these podcasts, within whatever it is, I love to just learn about people's lives because then it makes me look at my life in a different way. And maybe somebody like I've gotten so much advice just from having conversations with people. And it might not be like, they might not even think they're giving me advice. 
and I might not think I'm going to receive advice, but then I leave that conversation. It's like, wow, I just learned something very crazy. Like I had a conversation with, um, I think it was, it was about 73, something like that, 73 year old. And that was, for me, I was kind of like nervous to have that form of conversation where I was just asking some random guy, like, what's your biggest regret in life? And we sat oh, down. Great for question. To yeah, ask him. I love we, that. Yeah, yeah. we sat down for 20 minutes and had a full blown conversation. And basically what I took from that was like to never take a day in your life for granted because you never know what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, it, it really doesn't matter how much money you have or how successful you've been. You have to make sure that you're taking the most out of every single day so that if for some reason something abrupt happens, at least you can say like, I was happy and I was fulfilled. And it's not gonna be in 10 years when I have this amount of money in my bank account, then I'll be happy because then for 10 years of your life and probably the most crucial, critical years of your life, you're living pretty damn miserable or you're, yeah. you're, not even, you're just not even living in the now, which is so important to live in the now because that's, that's where happiness is, it's in the now. And if we're always longing for something to happen in the future fuck it may never come <laughs> i know man no it's 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 so valuable I'm, I'm so happy to hear you say that I, I feel like i'm not the only weird one i uh i love spending time with old people man yeah like literally any any chance i get so hard now with the with uh with covid and everything but um any chance i get to, to have a conversation with uh uh with an older person is like so valuable i mean when you see when you see what that much life, a person that's lived that much life has to offer and, and what they've experienced and what their takeaways are, what their regrets are. And, and like you said, regret is so destructive. It, it is so painful to see it in a person's eyes because you get to that age where you can't do anything about it anymore. Mm. You absolutely can't do anything about it anymore. And it's, it's sad to see at the same time, like you get so you get so fired up and enlightened by how much life you have left to live mm -hmm. uh, when you talk to somebody like that. Cause you know, you're sitting there talking to a 73 year old. You're like, geez, like I'm going to live two more of my lifetimes already before I get to that age. And then Lord knows what modern medicine will have to offer me at that point. Um, and I'll probably live even longer. And it just gets into one thing that I've actually like had to work on myself so much because with a society of instant gratification with, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, phones, having everything, information being commoditized and everything being available to us at all times, we've become a society of instant gratification. We're looking for things now. We're looking for get rich quick. We're looking for the, the diet that's going to make us skinny or bulk us up quickly. We're going to look for that workout that's going to get us to look the best. We're going to look for that, that business that's going to make us the most successful. Like we're looking for shortcuts at all times. And the thing I've worked on for myself and I still do every day, it is an absolute chore, but it is the most like positive thing that's had an impact on my life. And it's with my anxiety, whatever it is, it's, it's patience. Mm -hmm. Patience is absolutely the most underrated trait um, for people our age, for people in their thirties, forties, even fifties and sixties realizing that you have so much life left to live now barring you walk out and you get hit by a bus i understand that happens mm -hmm. barring that once in a lifetime event or you know you know getting struck by lightning moment barring that you have so much life to live mm -hmm. and like there is so much time so so much time like i look at it and i'm like 
geez, I could literally do nothing right for the next five years and wake up and be 28 years old. That's so like, it's still so young. It's mind boggling. You're like five years is an insane amount of time, especially when you start to rationalize it with, okay, when does your life actually start? It doesn't start when you're one. You're just figuring shit out until you're 16, 17, 18. So that's when we actually start the clock. And then you realize, okay, like I'm 23. You know, I may have started a little bit earlier than, than others. Some started earlier than I did. But like, if I started at 16, that puts me seven years into my professional career. That's insane to think about, man. Like what, what can happen in seven years and then what can happen in seven more it, and then seven more years is what 30 and 30 is nothing 30 is a kid Seriously. and it just it gets it gets into like it gets into more of a conversation I know we talked about earlier in the podcast like hustle and, and don't take things for for granted and and push yourself to be the best that you can be but let's let's play devil's advocate and let me throw a curveball for a second all that is great all that is amazing be the best that you can be I absolutely believe in that obviously not at the mercy of your mental health, which is what you were saying. For me, I'm the exact same. I have moments where I struggle to sleep, but I realize sleep is one of the most important things. I get anxious and depressed if I have less than like five or four or five hours of sleep in a night and I wasn't expecting it. It's caused by insomnia or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. sleep is huge. But let's just talk about for a second, you have all those drivers, you have all those forces and you know, you're, you're pushing yourself to be the best that you can be. You're doing it in a healthy way where you're not burning yourself out, but you have a few days where you're just like, I'm not feeling it. Instead of just pushing yourself, sometimes maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need to push yourself through the rut or whatever it is. But I think the most important thing is whatever's happening, good or bad, we judge ourselves so, so much. And we've come up in a society where all eyeballs are on us and, you know, comments are thrown at us at all end of like, judge, 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 you should do this, you should do that. Going internal and just being your own biggest cheerleader and not judging yourself. Everyone's already doing enough. Everyone's already doing enough judging themselves. You don't need to do it yourself as well. You need to push yourself in the most healthy and positive ways you can. And you need to be your biggest cheerleader because the less you judge yourself, the more you can drown out the noise and focus on yourself. And it's, it's one of the, one of the greatest like gifts you can give along with patience as well. But it's one of the greatest things you can have is the ability to sit back and not judge yourself. Now that's not necessarily an excuse to just sit back and do nothing unless that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and judge, but the point is, is if you cannot be so hard on if we cannot be so hard on ourselves and I'm one of the biggest victims of this like I am I have people tell me all the time like how hard I am on myself yeah I'm really hard on myself I have high expectations of myself but I'm working on it Mm -hmm. I am and you know I work on it in a healthy way expectations of myself and pushing myself to do more are, are great things but you know I have my moments I'm I'm sitting right now and I don't necessarily have a a clear goal of what's next, but I'm not judging myself about that in the short term. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier, which is life happens in the present and I'm going to experience the present moment and make myself happy in the present moment and do what I enjoy in the present moment. Because another thing you get from talking to old people is you're not going to get these years back. Hmm. And one of the things I don't want to sit and regret is that I was so focused on success and, and, you know, reaching goals and attaining goals that I let life slip by me. And I didn't, you know, go out and enjoy the day on the lake or 
time with friends or the drive out to, to go see somebody I haven't seen in a while. I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss those opportunities. And I sure as hell, I'm not going to judge myself if I need a weekend or an afternoon where I'm not working on my goals and something that's going to make me better because looking after myself and and making sure that I'm living in the present and enjoying the present moment is going to be one of the most valuable things I can provide myself, mm-hmm. especially long-term. I don't want to look back on any of that with regret. And I think the less that we can judge ourselves that, oh, geez, like, you know, you ever find yourself in a moment, like you're probably similar mindset with me. You ever find yourself in a moment where you're doing something that's like really fun and you're enjoying it and you almost feel like a little bit guilty that you're taking the time to enjoy it and you're not putting no. in the work for yourself. It's like, it's the worst feeling ever. You're sitting there, you're like, no, why am I feeling guilty about this? I should not have to feel guilty about this. There are other days where I can work on that and I can go ham for, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours. But right now I'm going to enjoy the present moment and I'm not going to judge myself for feeling like, fuck, I want to sit on the couch and, you know, binge watch this latest WandaVision series because I've missed out on Marvel for so fucking long. Like, I'm not going to, feel bad about that. I'm not going to feel bad if, you know, I'm cutting into time that I wanted to, you know, potentially go to the gym because I want to take my dog on a one hour extra long walk Mm -hmm. and enjoy the sunshine and breathe in the air or listen to one of my favorite podcasts, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, the less that we can judge ourselves, the happier and happier we will be. It's, it's great that we're pushing ourselves to personal development and starting businesses. And I think it's phenomenal. I think it's so great. I think it's great that we believe in ourselves and we want to try those things, especially coming up in the school system that we did. And I don't want, I don't want anybody to stop that, but I also don't want people to get themselves in such a rut where they feel like they're not doing anything and they're not doing what they're supposed to. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself at all. Cause what you're doing is enough. You're absolutely more than enough. You are more than enough. And again, when you feel like you're not, you have the va- you have the ability to change that. You have the ability to change that and ground yourself in patience. If you go through a week where you're like, you know, things are happening and, 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 and I don't feel as motivated as I did. It's okay. It's okay. Trust that you will find it. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself in that moment. Trust that it, you'll find it and it won't last. And trust that that one week, one month, hell, one year period, will just be a blip in a huge lifetime that you will be allowed to live Mm -hmm. and a huge life where you will have so much to offer and so much to do. And like I said, if you even go through ruts of a few years, there's still so much more life to make up, make up for it. If you feel like you need to, but the the last thing on our mind should be judging ourselves for something we're not doing or not, not good enough. And and just beating ourselves up continually because it's just going to lead us to a lifetime of, of unhappiness and not feeling like we're enough. Everyone, like I said, everyone else is already doing that for you. Don't exhaust yourself and stress yourself out by doing it as well. Be your own biggest cheerleader. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I like for me, I, that's what I have really struggled with. Um, especially like, it's funny because for a lot of people, like what they might look at is when things are going well, that's when you can take a step back. But for myself, and I'm sure you're very similar is when I see that things are going very well, it makes me want to take about 400 steps forward and get into a million different things and work way harder. Because as soon as you get that little bit of success, it's like, 
oh my gosh, this is really possible. I wonder what I can hit next. I wonder what I can succeed at next. And so for me, I actually, I kind of was shooting myself in the foot for a while because what was happening is things were going really well. And not that they're not now, they are going very well, but I was like, it was going to a point where it was kind of like this big shift and everything changed for myself. And I was like, wow, things are actually aligning. The stars are aligning. And then I was, I was like, I got so much more confidence. So then I basically told myself, oh, well, I can accomplish this now. So then I started taking on something else. And then I was like, okay, well, now's the time that I should start doing this. So then I took on something else. And then finally, I was like, I had to take this big reset. And I kind of looked at everything. And I said, okay, what, what is most important to me? And what is going like, what are my goals? And not just goals within all of this, but what are my goals in life? And like, what do I want to see myself do? Because what I was doing is I was basically committing to things such as speeches. I was committing to speeches to deliver speeches and which is awesome. And it's still a very, like, (laughs) very big goal of mine to do. But I also realized that my ego kind of took over and I was like, I want to deliver speeches when I'm 21 and when I'm 22. And I want to be like that young person that jumped into the school system and delivered all these speeches and did so much and made such a difference at such a young age. But then I was like, why, what is, what's, what's the reason, like how much of a difference does it really make if I'm 21 or if I'm 24 or 25? None. The only difference is the three or four years of experience that I gained in between now and then. So the speeches that I'll deliver in the next four years, as opposed to right now are going to be a hundred times better because of all the experience that I've gained. And so when I took that big step back and I finally like realized what I wanted to do with my life and what I want the next year, two years, three years to look like, then I was, it, it was like, a big weight off my shoulders. Cause finally I was like, I, I don't need to rush everything into a one year time space. <laughs> like it's not, it's not a big race and there's nothing to race for. I'm like, this is like you said earlier, this is our life. Like this is your control of everything that happens in your life. Good and bad. Everything that you do is basically a mere projection of what you have done and what you are doing. And for me, I take that into account every single day. So if something good happens, I look at it and I pat myself on the back because I'm like, you know what? That came from hard work. That came from a lot of hours. That came from the time that I put in. Having people reach out is not just a fluke. Like it, it happens for a reason. And yeah, man, when something- celebrate your wins. Yeah, I love exactly. It. I love and it. when so when, important. Yeah. And then when something bad happens or when something doesn't go my way, I'm like, well, I probably could have done more. Or I it's your fault it. too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's, but there's so, oh, it, it gets me so frustrated because they're like for myself this year, one of the biggest things that I've worked on is calling myself out. And that's not an easy thing for a lot of people. It's not easy to basically tell yourself that you fucked up or you did something bad. Like it's, it's not easy. And we always like to point our fingers and blame the person next to us when we should really be pointing our fingers inside and blaming ourselves because at the end of the day, we probably could have made something happen. Or if it was out of our control, then 
it's out of our control and it's not a worry of ours or it shouldn't be a worry of ours. So there's like, oh, that's so, huge. Yeah. There's huge. So Cause like, Cause like you said, it's, I mean, I just spent 10 minutes going on a rant about how you shouldn't judge yourself. And mm -hmm. while that's important, like life's about balance and, you know, everything is in balance. You've got your yin and your yang, your right and your wrong, your dark and your light. Life is about balance. So for this to work, you have to not judge yourself, but you also have to hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely, absolutely huge. So I really, really like, like what you were saying about that. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, yeah. Like that for me is critical. Like I, I think in my everyday life, that's what I look at most is it's like, okay, what am I doing? If something doesn't go my way, it's like, how could I have changed that? What could I have done better? And if at the end of the day I go, you know what? I gave my 100% effort then I'm proud of myself at the end of the day. And I'm glad that I did it. And it's like, okay, well, maybe I can try something different next time. And it comes back to the knowledge thing. Not only do you learn from everyone else around you, but you honestly learn a lot or maybe even the most from yourself and from what you do on a daily basis and from the things that you try and the things that don't work. And from especially like you hear this in every single motivational speech ever known to mankind, is you have to fail to succeed and it's, yeah. it's true but it's it's like those failures they they teach you the most out of anything and for me i've never i don't think i've ever been discouraged from a failure like obviously yeah like you get down and you go oh my gosh this sucks but at the end of the day especially when you come back and you reflect on all those failures it's like, I'm so grateful for those, especially my life failures, the things that I've done and the things that have happened to me and the things that I wish I could change now. I honestly am so grateful for because they've 100% shaped me into who I am today. And they'll continue to shape me into who I'll be in five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And that's so exciting to me. And when you can actually learn so much in especially in such short periods of time it is like incredible and it's such an amazing feeling because when you do look at that and you say like for instance when I sat down with that 73 year old it's like I look at that and I do say wow I still have like over triple the amount of my life that I've already lived to put into the next like into my life and so by that time period I cannot even begin to imagine what I will have done, where I will have gone and the type of person that I will be. And that is like, 100%. if that doesn't get you excited, then I, I think everyone has to kind of take a different approach to life or learn yeah, man, more about them. Right. Like I yeah, get, that's gotta, yeah. that's gotta get you fired up. Yeah, get like I'm getting, up. I'm getting ready. Like I'm getting all antsy and bouncing off my couch right now. I'm getting, just Oh man, goosebumps over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh excuse me <clears throat> but no like i mean it's it's such a such a such a huge factor is like yeah just getting absolutely fired up about the future and and knowing like steve steve Jobs said it best and you just mentioned it like looking back on those on those moments but he, he said it best in my eyes one of the quotes by him is you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking backwards so you have to trust that the dots will connect for your future. 
there has to be some sort of faith and trust that what you're doing will be able to connect and eventually you'll be able to look back on it and be able to say oh yeah that dot led to this led to that led to that like this all worked out and it worked out because of this and this and this mm -hmm. and you know one of the questions you probably get asked the most or most of us get asked the most i guess is like oh what could you do different what would you do differently if you if you could mm -hmm. and i always just think to myself i'm like well, you have to ask yourself, and I watch a lot of time travel movies too, so this might be why, but um, I always think to myself, I'm like, okay, am I, am I happy today? Am I happy with, with my life and, and what's going on? Am I happy with where I am? Then I wouldn't change a damn thing because every dot, everything that happened previously has led me to this moment. And if it wasn't for any of that, this moment would be completely different. This moment would be changed. It would be some sort of alteration of that. So it's just coming down to that. And then again, let's go the alternative too. If you're not happy and you would change something, well, it's in the past, you're not gonna be able to change it anyway, but you can connect, you can start to work towards the dots moving forward and you're not gonna be able to change the ones that have already happened. Mm -hmm. So move forward and take control and go from there. Mm -hmm. Exactly, actually me and, my, me and my best friend today, we had a conversation about exactly that. Like, everything in my eyes and as well as his everything happens for a reason everything in my life i love that has proven to happen for a reason and although in the time being i i would say and i will like first one to admit all the time i would be like i am so miserable i hate this i hate everything that's going on i wish i could change this i can't wait until this happens and now I look back on it and I, there's nothing, like you said, there's nothing I would change. I would not change one single thing. There's obviously things that I, to some, like to some extent I regret and things that I, like I look back on them and I say like, yeah, like I wish that would have changed, but it, like deep down inside, I always say like, I would never change a single thing for the world because right now where I'm at in my life is great and it's like i'm in such a solid place and such a happy place and such a place where i actually i feel like i'm doing it right like and that's like a very euphoric feeling like when you feel like every day you have a purpose and that you're following your purpose and that you're actually making a difference or you're doing what you love to do and you can actually find the happy moments out of your everyday life it is an amazing, amazing feeling. And I'm sure that's the same thing that kind of happened with you with, and still does happen with you running your business. Like it's, it's a passion, it's a goal. And it's something that basically came into fruition and you made it happen. And that's like wonderful. And yes, there's been bumps along the road. I can only imagine, but it's, I like, I'm not going to put words into your mouth, but from what it seems like anyways, is that it's all like, it's worked out and it's been something that's been amazing. And it's, it's incredible to see that and to have you share your story with me and especially with everyone else. And I think, I think everything that we've touched on today really speaks to our passion towards everything and how we truly feel about all of these Oh my gosh, a little voice crack there about how we feel <laughs> with all of these topics and just it's yeah, like I know that we would get very carried away. And I'm sure that we'll sit down at some point and get even 100 more into that, depth man. with everything. 
And uh, yeah, but no, I just, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Like everything truly does. It happens for a reason. And it's really interesting when you can actually look at that and think about that and acknowledge when those things are happening and be able to like, I think it is like so many people, they always say like, oh, I bury, I bury my past. And some, for some people, it is an actual, like, it's an actual mental health struggle. Like they have suffered some very traumatic things. So they bury those. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that is like a choice. It's just something that happens. And it's like, they- It's a defense mechanism. You exactly, have to. 100%. Yeah. And, but there is a lot of people that are like, oh, I just, yeah, it was a bad time for me. I don't want to think about it. When in reality, maybe they should think about it and then think about the good things that came. And like you said, and like Steve Jobs said, connect the dots in your past and see like where it's led you. And sometimes it's a lot of bad things and you see that you're in a bad place. And it's like, oh, it's like the aha moment. Like, oh shit, maybe I should, maybe I should change some things in my life. Like there was this yeah. one story. I wish I could recite it to a T, but basically what it said is, Oh, it's a story about, it's a story about a drug dealer and it's basically his father, his father said something to him once and his father was in and out of jail all the time. And he kind of said something along the lines of, uh, like you get three chances in life. Um, there's a specific saying for it, but basically how it goes is like, there's three, you get three chances in life. And one of them like the universe gives you three opportunities or something like that. And so basically one, one thing that happened was he was a drug dealer and the cops busted into his house. He had luckily nothing in his house at the time, totally clean house, nothing in there. And he obviously was like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe this just happened. But just continued on doing his drug dealing. And then another thing happened where he was ending, like basically came into another sort of thing where there was a big drug bust and he was supposed to be there, but something happened and he wasn't there. So he never got busted. So again, it was the second chance. And then basically he was gifted like a third, the third chance. And it was, um, he ended up getting busted on the third time, but essentially like the moral of the story is that like you and your situation. And this is why I was, I've been thinking about this for the, basically the whole saying podcast. I'm fucked Cause I've got two strikes already. No, is that no, what you're saying? But, <laughs> no, exactly. But no, but you resurrected it in like at the perfect time. Like you had your two strikes and it was like, you actually looked at those and said, I got to change some stuff. Like my life needs to change or else something bad is going to happen. Like I, I drew like I drew the right straw twice, but on that third straw, it's not going to work out the way that I want it to. And that's where it's, it's very neat. And I am somebody that is so obsessed with how the universe works. And I think we are Agreed. like, <laughs> there's, we're all little pawns in the universe yeah, game, like, right? Oh yeah. my gosh. It is absolutely bizarre. And I mean, I have so many stories about this that I could tell from this month alone. And there's so many times that I recite the saying like, well, I guess the universe, I guess the universe wants this to happen. Or I guess the universe wants that to happen. Or I guess the universe chose this for me. 
or that's just a sign from the universe. And for like so long, I would always, I guess, like even judge people that thought in that light and was like, you crazy. Like, no, you can, like, I do believe you can manifest your own life and you can manifest your successes to some extent. But I also believe like the universe throws you curveballs and it'll gift you things and it'll show you guidance and it'll give you so many different things. And I mean, that again, that's a whole other topic and we could totally get into yeah. that on some other day, but yeah, there's, oh, there's so many things to think about, which is crazy, but no, it's, yeah, it's the world's crazy. The world is crazy. That's basically my end the moral of the story no yeah. man I, I i like it no we've uh we've, we've unpacked a ton here and i'm i'm really uh i'm really grateful that you uh uh that you were willing to have me on and um you know hopefully hopefully people learned a little something about me that they may not have known and um yeah i'm really really uh really really grateful any chance i get to uh to tell my story and talk a little bit more and and always more than happy if uh if people reach out to um you know to share more i get it i can get into even more details if they want to know about business or um exactly what drugs were in my backpack when i was busted what i shoplifted exactly <laughs> um i can get into i can get into anything i'm i'm a firm believer that uh uh transparency and and openness is is the way and i've got absolutely nothing to hide so happy happy to answer any questions like that if anybody ever reaches out but yeah again thank you so much for having me on and I really appreciate what you uh what you do here you're doing absolutely phenomenal things you've got incredible incredible uh guests and you'll have even more incredible ones uh to come I'm sure and it's it's really amazing to to watch you watch you do this with the passion that you carry so again thank you so much for bringing me a part of this uh uh, part of this journey with you for uh for this episode of course yeah no and it's been an absolute honor to have you on and i do have just two little questions before we wrap it yep. up um what would be your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's struggled or will struggle or will encounter any form of life struggle mental health struggle anything like that what would be your biggest tip of advice for them so it's it's threefold i would say and it we can go into the the three sides of the coin of it. So side number one, obviously don't judge yourself. We, we said it, I went on a 10 minute rant already. I don't need to say it again, but um, don't judge yourself. It's, it's really, really important to take that out of the equation because it's just gonna be an added pressure and added stress and added anxiety for you. Don't judge yourself. Uh, know that, that what happened happened and, and it is what it is, but you gotta, you gotta be, with yourself and, and positive with yourself to, to move yourself forward. Secondly, understand that whatever's happening to you, anxiety, depression, it, it is not, it does not define you. It is a cloud that is passing over. Let's look at it as a weather pattern. It is a cloud that is passing over on your sunny day. So take it as it is. Understand that it is just passing over and this too shall pass. It's not there at for the rest of time and and try as hard as you can it's, it's difficult in those moments i know try as hard as you can to to separate yourself so we we tend to identify with my depression my anxiety my stress my trauma try and remove yourself from the equation these are not these are not what define you they are things that are passing there are clouds that are passing over you mm -hmm. they are thunderstorms from the past but they do not define 
your weather pattern and your sunny day to, to go on further with the metaphor. So take them as it is and remove yourself from attachment to them because you are not attached to them. You're attached to yourself and, and, and what moves you forward. Um, and then lastly, like just knowing that at the end, when you pull yourself out of those moments and stop judging yourself and everything, realize that, and again, it's a contradiction, but be, become accountable, ground yourself in accountability and know that, yes, you've got time, be patient. Yes, you've got time to do whatever you want to do and get over this and get through it, but be accountable and, and be able to hold yourself accountable uh, in whatever you do, whether it's things that you've done, things that have happened, uh, things that you will continue to do. Hold yourself accountable and understand that not only is what's good and what's bad your fault, but also you can take control and, and move forward with that accountability. And it's, it's, it will be a gift, not a curse. So that's my threefold answer. <laughs> love it. Love it. And do you have a, uh, give any form like a quote or saying or something that you like? I know you dropped a few during the podcast. Yeah. I'm sure I could pick any of those ones, but I'm curious if you have one that kind of like shaped your life or impacted your life in a, in a, almost even in like a spiritual way in some sort. Yeah. So I've got, I've got two. So one of them's by uh, Winston Churchill. It is uh, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. So I, I try to live by that. I'm too pussy to get a tattoo, but if I, <laughs> if I was to get one, um, I would definitely get that tattooed on my, on me just as a reminder and, and a force of nature to say, okay, you've got this on your body. You have no choice, but to live by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is, uh, it's by uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, a, a marketing and uh, marketing CEO and a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you're 100% in charge of your life. It's actually my phone screen background at all times, my lock screen background as a reminder goes, you're 100% in charge of your life. Stop fucking bitching. Love it. Love it so much. I love Gary V. Gary V is a motivational man. I'll tell you that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Gets you fired up for sure. Oh, yeah. No, he would, geez, he'd be a great person to have on the podcast. He would call oh, 100% out, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> call out a lot of people. I might have to start sending him some messages. Throw um, some DMs his way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, but seriously, like, can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. It's, it has been honestly a very amazing podcast. I, I think something that's cool for me is every podcast that I go into, I never, obviously I never know how they're going to go. And I never know, I never know the full stories, but I also never know like where the podcasts are going to go. Like I, if you were to ask me where I think the podcast was going to go, when we first started, I would not say to where it went and to how I think how well the executed it was and how like very like insightful it was and how much it taught me, how much it'll teach so many others and even just what it'll show people and hopefully like what it also motivates people to do and maybe makes them look at their life a little bit differently. And that's the whole point of it. And maybe it'll give them that confidence to take a step, take a leap, acknowledge that the thing that they're doing right now that they hate doesn't have to be their life. And that's, what's, that's, what's cool. And no, I, I truly do. Thank you so much for coming on. I thank you for everything that you said for the wisdom that you shined upon all of us. And I, we have to 
go out for dinner, catch lunch, do something man. one of these days. We'll connect for sure. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd absolutely love that, man. No, thank, thank you again so much. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely get into a lot more topics yeah. and respect the time of everyone here, but for sure. yeah. If, and if anybody like wants to reach out or anything has questions, want to shoot the shit, um, just network. I'm David Tescu on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, hell clubhouse. If you've been on clubhouse at all, I've heard a lot um, about that actually. That's a really, it's a really cool platform. Actually, one of the things I've been spending a lot of time on lately, mm. it's kind of like live podcasting. So yeah. But uh, yeah. Also, if you need an invitation to clubhouse, cause it's like an exclusive platform, you need an invitation from somebody who's on there. Uh, you yourself, Lucas, and anyone that's listening, I've got a few invitations left. So I'm, uh, I'm happy to, to offer those out uh, to anybody that needs them. But yeah, cool. thank you again so much, man. I really appreciated this time and uh, definitely fired up for the rest of the evening. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have a great rest of your night and thanks again. You too, man. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. I hope everyone enjoyed David's story and I highly encourage you to reach out to him and have some form of conversation with him. If you want to reach out to me or potentially come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are also posted on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for listening and also a huge thank you to everyone who does continue to share the Struggle Create Strength podcast and posts on your own social media and tagging Struggle Create Strength as it makes the biggest difference and it actually reaches more people which helps more people. So thank you to everyone who does continue to do that and also who leaves reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts as that helps boost Struggle Create Strength podcast up in the algorithm, which then leads to helping more people. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. And just remember that everyone has a story. Mm -hmm.